UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. I got you, I understand. I like. I loved you. Oh, thanks. Hold on, the typical skeptic podcast i have someone i'm a huge fan of today um and she goes by indigo angel but her real name is amanda demarco um i'm just gonna read her bio from her website um it says this would be the higher aspect of my soul has transcended my humanism within and has become an angel incarnate on earth i am a midway portal receiver transmitter to the galactic code of quantum mathematical geometric electromagnetic tonal radiator photonic elemental spectrum of light and sound frequencies through the original crystallic orders that absorb transmit and reflect through 12 dimensions of consciousness within physical matter in the human body. I was chosen and encoded through rigorous ascension cycles and higher density light intelligences to deliver humanity messages and transmit frequency encoded through stargate alignments and collective wave infusions of solar lunar celestial synergistic relationships. I am Gamma Indigo, Indigo child of the Indigo Grail lines. I ascended through the Archangel of the Seraphim Elohim original angelic order and it goes more into it but like it's as you can see she's very intricate and she uses amazing language i mean um i I'm, i gotta catch up <laughs> but I'm, I'm a big fan of yours indy and like thank you for joining me how are you i'm doing great and thank you so much for the introduction and um it's really good to be here thank you for being a fan of this stuff that I've been working on and putting out. And um, yeah, so it feels good to be here. And thanks for having me. I just wanted to say before we get into the other stuff, I, I really liked your Medusa documentary. I was going to talk to you about this before the show, but I thought it would be cool to talk about it in the show. Like I, I read the, the the pre thing before it said how you got into a, a car accident, you received Medusa pendant, but then I'll just take the audience through it. Like the next scene is like, you're in Italy and you're at these ancient monuments. And like, I've always been so attracted to history. So like the whole story of Medusa is like interesting to me and how you turned it around, like to where she was actually maybe persecuted and how it was like an aspect of maybe the divine feminine. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Well, that piece had been calling to me for some time. Um, and Medusa's energy has honestly played out in my psyche or in my consciousness for quite some time, just in the way her energy would honestly manifest through me and project itself into um, all kinds of situations in my life. So I really started to identify that um, 
voice, that energy coming through um, over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, as you just mentioned, I did get into, um, I had ordered a Medusa pendant and then I had put it on, looked at it on the back. There was a little floor de lis symbol and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Went out driving, got in a car accident, totaled my vehicle, but it was very interesting in the way that it happened. It just really smacked into me just on the driver's side, impacted me. And I couldn't help but shake the feeling that that situation, that experience was brought to me because of that pendant. And so it just really traumatized me a little bit, but also took me back to start really reflecting through what was there within all of it, the deeper meanings of everything. And so I feel like Medusa then kept giving me all these little um, messages, trinkets, information, connections to kind of help me to see into what her journey was, what her story was, what, you know, the picture that she wanted to be told to the world, because I really do feel like I'm someone who kind of works on the behalf of the demonization of the divine feminine, working through a lot of the artistic videos that I do. I've done a lot of things in the past for, um, I did one on Ashera and I did one on Pachamama and, you know, even before that. So it's, it's like, I get these messages to kind of um, interpret a perspective, interpret their voice and try to truly speak from that place and to try to share that with everyone. But it, it led me to Rome. It led me to Italy because it seemed as if this was kind of where that Black Madonna network is running. This is where the gestalt of that energy really comes in, the Black Madonna network, which originally, and I think this is something we were going to get into, uh, how th this was actually an ancient African priestess, like the Black Madonna. That's why it's the Black Madonna. Um, but essentially, um, a lot of it had been taken, you know, reinterpreted many times throughout history. And so the story of Medusa really was, um, I think it was, um, it's been retold through the story of the Catholic Church. It's been retold through Rome, and, and, and which really has a lot to do with um, female persecution, um, misogyny, has a lot to do with... Um, capulation, beheading, public execution, crucifixion, wounding. And what I really noticed with Medusa the most was that she's carrying a deep crucifixion uh, wounding within her and her energy. And, and this holds spirit bodies and fractals of, of shard soul elements um, from being able to ultimately transcend and, and keep these energies capsulated. So that way, um, you know, other powerful systems can benefit off of the energy and siphon off of it instead of really truly freeing the message um, and restoring it. So that was kind of my goal in that piece. Yeah, I was thinking, do you think that like that, but like that Medusa was like kind of demonized? Like, do you think like the whole story of her having the snakes on her head is kind of like maybe like more of like an archetype and maybe she was just like a demonized goddess? And then with that said, like, you know, I've talked to people before about the demonization of the worship of the goddess. Like back in ancient times, I, I heard that like it was more common to worship the goddess. And then this masculinity took over and it kind of demonized the worship of the goddess. So if you want to riff off that or whatever you think about that. You know, absolutely. I think it has everything to do with mind control, collective consciousness, mind control, and satanic spiritual ritual abuse. It has a lot to do with pedophilia. Um, and 
also what was done and taken from the Lemurian time, which, which comes down through the forest breeding programs. Um, I really noticed that everything with Medusa, at least in Rome per se, had to do with um, the Vestal Virgins and the cults of Athena, which was actually a warfare that was kind of between the cults of Athena's and then also these other, um, I would say serpent cults, these feminine serpent cults, which was kind of the difference between what we see now with um, polyamory versus uh, monogamy or, um, you know, virtue versus promiscuity, whatever it is, but there was um, a deep uh, warfare within um, the female lines and lineages. So I think things were essentially capitalized off of that. Um, and it was really a lot about, um, you know, turning the power of these systems into death culturalism and maintaining um, of that Satanism. And so, yeah, I mean, it's all really about, I think, ultimately the desecration of the Sophianic body, the desecration of the Divine Mother. Um, and I think this extends galactically, ultimately, um, in our galactic history, which really goes back to the Galactic Wars, the Lyran Wars, the Polarian Root Race, and um, the original, you know, uh, devastation of our Avatar Matrix body, also the separation from our mother system, which was Andromeda. And um, a lot of the warfares that I think have, you know, come down there, this all comes to what is going on with Medusa's energy. I mean, it's it really sh um, sh strikes us at our core wounding. Um, it really strikes us where we are uh, more manipulated and vulnerable and weak. And so I think this is one of the reasons why with Medusa's energy, it's been difficult to get our head above water and truly understanding the understanding of this because it really does get lost in, you know, deeper um, levels of psychology is what I've noticed anyways. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like it goes so deep. Um, now, one thing you mentioned was Lemuria and we were going to talk about that. Like how is Lemuria? I, and I was trying to understand this. You got into a deep discussion. I can't remember with his name, but it was an amazing show. Like you, you were talking about Lemuria and how it's kind of affecting us now. Like what does that have to do with our, our current position in whatever this matrix or whatever it is we live in? Yeah, thank you. I mean, I spent a lot of time working on Lemuria for a while. Um, there's so much from that time. Um, even, you know, the first Atlantean cataclysm began with the Lemurian Holocaust. So it was a time that there were these ancient tribes. There was a time that there were the ascended masters of that time. I believe they were the Ioni tribes. And you can refer to this back with Ashana Dean's work and Lisa Renee's work and things like this. But, um, you know, those truly were the ascended soul groups of those timelines. And so there was a lot of warfare that rose up and Holocaust, right? So it was a lot of, you know, um, clearing out the ethnic, it was ethnic cleansing. There was um, a lot of separation um, between fifth dimensional souls, uh, union, divine feminine, divine masculine, and basically... Um, a lot of hybridization programs came in, alien technology came in, and forced breeding programs, which is ultimately at the core of it. And so there was actually an entire implant system that implanted the feminine templating 
body from that timeline, which ultimately descended down through a lot of other genetics and races that have manifested and appeared itself now, even to this time. So those who are, you know, holding the genetic design or the genetic encoding to the Lemurian timeline, those that have lived in this lifetime, you know, they, uh, many of these divine feminines carry these implants and wounds to this day. So it's, it's a tracking system. It's a way to sexually manipulate and harvest and create sexual misery programs on the earth. It's also a way to deeply control the, um, the birth cycles here on this earth, opening and closing incarnation gates. Um, and it's really a warfare over life. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but yeah, it all goes back to the timeline of Lemuria. So the more we can reclaim these aspects of ourselves, because here's the thing, many of us left our soul essence in Lemuria to be restored and to be reintegrated. And there's a lot of council tribal wisdom that comes from that time that is a part of our ancient priestesshood rights and our priesthood rights to attain that information um, to ultimately heal and restore our consciousness bodies, our Akashic records, our Akashic history as a collective and as, you know, an angelic shared soul group body that we integrate all this information and get the technology from that time. Because here's the thing that's what's not being um introduced i think is ancient lemurian technology healing technology um which is um really where i think the atlanteans took a lot of this knowledge and wisdom from so again it's just about restoring our timelines here on this earth and kind of um being able to see truly what we are beyond the amnesia yeah, so it's like it's like a it's like we're going through a major like um, awakening right now, and it's not just an awakening; it's like a consciousness expansion and maybe like a consciousness revolution. Like for the first time in um, in like the history of the world, people have more. Um, well, we have free will, but I would say people have more rights. I mean, like uh, people and people like that are that were watching like my show and your show are really opening up to these things. Like so is this the time that we came back to this earth from like, are we all Lemurian souls? Like, and we came to the earth at this time to kind of maybe complete a mission. Does that make sense or no? Yeah. Yeah. Well, many of us are not everybody is. Okay. But I think many, many, many of us are, especially those of us who are template holders. Those of us who hold the Emerald covenant um, template, original divine template, those of us who hold the, the diamond and the double diamond sun bodies inside of us, those of us who are taking certain ascension paths that don't have anything to do with the fall path or service to self. So like Adashi pass or Rishik pass, where you're actually going out and becoming eternal consciousness and coming back, you know, to experience more human life experience. But it's, I think it's about that. That is what allows us to activate and attain those records but some of us don't have that capacity some of us weren't in Lemuria at all some of us came in during Atlantis and even the Aryan timelines and some are coming for the first time ever here on this earth you know in this timeline and so um you know some of us have bigger missions here to complete in terms of restoring that but I think that's where this ancient soul wisdom needs to come forward for those of us that have the ability to see it because we can, you know, reactivate people to those memories and to, um, to their gifts. And that's, I think, ultimately what we're doing as fellow starseeds 
Um, but yeah, it really just depends on one's soul signature and blueprint that can be interpreted, I think, really deeply through astrology and also diving into one's Akashic history. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's cool. Now, now, what were the seven ancient races that started Lemuria? And would you say that Lemuria was before Atlantis? Yeah, I would say that Lemuria was before Atlantis and that the timelines actually interlapped into one another. Um, the timelines actually were gridded together. And so a lot of what actually broke apart those grid timelines was, you know, a lot of implosions and a lot of hijacking of crystal technology, crystal caverns, and also placement of crystal technology in the earth that actually perverted or hijacked or siphoned the natural energy resources to disconnect from that grid template. The Lemurian grid template, the light template, um, and so to explain that a little bit is that there are multiple tiers or multiple levels of light matrices that thread together the timelines or thread together the Akashic experience or the Akashic reality to manifest itself. Lemuria itself is sitting on the old equatorial uh, pre-tilt of the earth body. So one has to really be in alignment to that just to kind of tune into the Lemurian timeline period. But then there are these light matrices that pull forth the experiences, alternative prophecy, and a lot of the intricate nicks of the dynamic grid works that follow along into what those light matrices uphold. Portal systems, stargate systems, celestial systems, whatever it may be. But um, essentially, yeah, it really started with Mu. Mu was where Lemuria started. This was kind of the golden age. This was the cradle of civilization. And um, this was, you know, a continent in the Pacific that sunk. And I would say that it was a very enlightened civilization. I mean, they had, um, I think, like 64 million human beings on Mu, that this was a very advanced time. Um, and I would say that this goes back about 200, I would say 200,000 years ago, but some people are throwing it in the timeline of 50,000 years ago. Um, but when Mu sunk, the Lemurians were, you know, the descendants from Mu. And so these ones went to all of the, you know, surrounding islands, Hawaii, Easter Islands, Fiji, Samoa, Tahiti, other Pacific islands. They were heavily in Australia um, and um, Kandam Kumari, which was um, another form of Lemuria. And they had many different names for Lemuria. It wasn't just Lemuria, it was Lamia, it was you know, they had a lots of different, uh, Lemuria was the whole world. It wasn't necessarily just one place, many, many different tribes and peoples. So um, I think what's important to know about that is Lemuria was so special. It, it, it really was a time of um, uh, a lot of cross hybridizations. When you ask about these seven ancient root races, um, these were really rooted in serpent cults. Um, this was the ancient um, teachings. And uh, so it, and it, it was even believed of that time because there was the Nakal people, um, which were the descendants of the Lemurians, like the forefathers of the Lemurians. They, they wrote about in their creation stories of a seven-headed serpent, right? And this was the creator being of their time. And they had, um, and I do believe this came from the turning of the tectonic plates. If you think about where Mu is actually located in the Pacific Ocean and you have that constant, 
you know, churning of the tectonic plates, it's very similar to serpent energy, the volcanic energy. It's all very serpent symbolism. And even if you look at a lot of the stargates on earth that we have right now, Arcturian gates, Pleiadian gates, Machu Picchu, all these places, especially South America, you know, but everywhere, even North America, serpent mounds, we have serpent, you know, ideology everywhere in the world. So there is this deeper serpent confirmation of these serpent cults and lineages, which ultimately I think the seven ancient root races were different variations of those serpent cults hybridized with other different affiliations of um, Christos Templar energy, um, which would be like holding the three uh, founder flame, holding the Elohai or the Elohim or the Seraphi, holding um, different aspects of the um, Azerites or the Orifim or the Lyran Syrian genetics, you know, there were a lot of participants that came in at that time in terms of galactic nations that were designing, you know, the, the human soul spirit body, but the Pleiadians were ultimately the main ones that did that in that timeline. So that happened really in Australia, that happened really in the tip of India and Madagascar. This is kind of where like the essence and the true story of Lemuria was founded. And um, so the seven ancient races descended down from a lot of those tribes. I do believe that the Tamil, the Dravidians, these are some of the ancient ancestors of the seven ancient um, root races of Lemuria. I, I was going to say that serpent knowledge, like that's spread all over the place, like afterwards. Like if you look at like Anki and Thoth, like uh, from what I know, I know there's a lot of different opinions. So I'm not saying I'm right at all. I, I just, this is just what I hear, but I heard that like, Enki was actually Poseidon, like, right? So like, like how Enlil was uh, Ashar and he was also um, Zeus, like Enki was Poseidon. So it could have been that like Enki could have been the founder of Atlantis and then his son was Ningshida or Thoth. And then they kind of spread that serpent knowledge as well later on in life. And you could tell like, because they would have to carry the sign of the Caduceus, which is now our medical symbol today. Like, do you buy into that or do you think something else happened? Like, um, no, I mean, I, I, I do buy into it. <laughs> I'll buy some of that. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know for sure. I don't want to say I'm right. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't know. I just, you know, I think on the mark with it, I think that the, I think it was the Syrian Melchizedek Anunnaki priests when you, when we had talked earlier about the dark brotherhoods, like who are these brotherhoods, right? Where did they come down from? I really think that they came down from the Anunnaki, um, that this came down, that this was one faction of it, you know, that within their overlordship that they rule here on this earth, so to speak. And so, um, you know, these were some of the main beings in the cataclysms of Atlantis. They, they were the reasons for the installation of the, um, the Taui stone, which Edgar Casey says, the terrible stone, and the Niberian crystal um, bases that they have all over the world hijacking organic and natural resources. Why they installed the selenite rods, the J seals in the first place. This all came down, you know, these were the ones really ultimately responsible for and within their descendant lines of, of uh, the crucifixion, the actual crucifixion of Christ. And, you know, because this came down through the three Abrahamic religions. And so, yeah, I do think that the Anunnaki are kind of at the apex of that brotherhood that has came down through the Freemasons, the Templars, you know, because that's ultimately what they're fighting over is the Templars. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting 
but when we when we look at what it's become it's become you know luciferianism yeah um, it's yeah it's become satanism so it's um it's definitely a deep deep wormhole but you know on a, a bigger level this is really creation design in some ways and i want to say that because if you pull out and look at what we were during the polarium root race like we were not in a human form at this time there was nuclear warfare going on at this time that was distorting the 12d human biofield or blueprint you know this is when there was separation and split from the 2d and the fourth dimensional soul and this was just when the human astral body fields were even forming on this earth that I think there was a darkness or a shadow, you know, infiltration, even during these particular timelines that, you know, there was um, a lot of warfare over this earthly plane in terms of planetary warfare as well. I think one of the things that ultimately seeded this mindset or what is ultimately a service to self or a narcissistic templating in the earth was war planets crashing into the earth and creating the 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 um the matter bodies within the earth that will create the mental templating to these reptilian bodies that it was because of maldeck that the reptilian bodies even in mars that these beings even came here in the first place and so this is all pre lemuria this is all pre atlantis you know something happened in atlantis and I honestly don't have the full explanation for what exactly was the 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 pinnacle thing that happened that was like the dark brotherhood is here they're here the legion is here they're they're ready to you know go in and tear apart all these tribal lemurian counterparts to them to the, their descendants all these things what was the actual act i think it was just a series of events that um, led to more realization of, of the service to self mentality that was, you know, already kind of here encoded as a templating in the Earth's body field. Could this have came from Saturn? I think absolutely. I think that there is a holographic geometric design that fluctuates and rotates within the Earth's body and Earth's field. And we actually have an imprinted Saturnian uh, black tesseract cube matrix inside of our Earth field that's kind of directing um, the shadow templating through the earth's body. So yeah, again, this is, this is all stuff that is, it's really cosmic warfare. <laughs> it is. Just, yes. well, how does, how does hybridization tie into this? Because it's a big thing that's going on. I mean, it's been going on for years. Like they, you know, the grays have been here. They're, they're, you know, they're hybridizing like a species we don't know what for we can make speculation but it definitely is happening and does hybridization tie into ancient times does it does it does what's going on now with the hybridization and then and then also is the hybridization program still going on do you think absolutely it's still going on i mean if you look at what's going on with um just the video that i did the other day right we talked about the black-eyed babies and yeah. we're talking about you know, again, hopefully that's not real, like, because that's just absolutely terrifying and horrible, but that would kind of be an example in the needlecraft technology that they're operating and running here, that they are doing this through alien genetic modification and manipulation, which again, these are technologies from the Atlantean times. So this intelligence came in as invader technology. Um, so I think where we can still see it today is in the medical tyranny that we have 
Um, and I really think this comes from hosting of implant systems. The more implants that they can create on a universal level, the more that they can continue to block the consciousness evolution, soul growth, soul growth evolution, and intelligence of humanity, dumbing humanity down into herdship mentalities, you know, all of these yeah. things, and playing off of our weaknesses, which is the desire to be socially accepted. Um, and not be outcasted. And so there's so much working against us within that. But yeah, you can still see that through um, what they're doing with, with the, the needle technology. Um, I would say this is really about invader and negative aliens coming in to want to incarnate their species here. You know, um, a lot of the grays and the... Um, Zetas, they have to clone themselves. They have to come in through uh, gene modification therapies because they can't procreate here in this density field um, on this on this earthly plane. So that's why there's so much manipulation around it is because they know that there's technologies to make this stuff happen and make this stuff work. I think this really truly comes down through a lot of the really dark agendas, Draco agendas, Black Sun agendas, Orion agendas, these warfare systems. And, you know, and they've got their foot in in so many levels. I mean, it's come down through manipulation of the military. Um, it's come down through manipulation of our political systems. You know, all of these things. I'm doing a, a grid worker event, hopefully in Washington, D.C., but we're talking about um, why Washington, D.C. is so hot right now. We have a lot of false flags. We have a lot of things going on to create these illusions of things, right? We have this... China, US, Taiwan war that's going on. And we had this spy balloon, you know, this is all crap to distract people from the true agendas, which is um, to, you know, really ultimately come back to the transhumanist purpose, the hybrid purpose. Um, so I think we're all really suffering from a lot of, <laughs> a lot of this uh, alien abuse that we're dealing with on so many levels. So is it, uh, I was going to ask you about grid work. Like, so can you talk about grid work? Like what, what it is? Cause you have a lot of different stuff you talk about. You talk about the Swan grid template, the dove grid, um, the guardian light sweep. Like, can you just like, I know you don't have like a lot of time, but can you like explain some of these and, and how grid work works like for the, the for the layman that might not know? Yeah, sure. Thank you. <laughs> well, grid work is, just the essence of my planetary freedom. And um, it's amazing. It's a spiritual practice. Grid work is a spiritual practice. Um, I think it comes with the attainment of higher evolution of your consciousness into that avatar matrix, into the awareness of embodied planetary fields. It happens as you start to attune yourself to Stargate's locations, other locations on the earth, start to work with the the organic systems of the earth, that template becomes online and living within you. So it's about exploring the holographic architecture of our planetary field. You know, after you get through exploring your own so much in the Akashic field and everybody else's, then you know what? Hey, we're moving on to bigger things because we want to explore what's going on in the planetary spiritual matrix, like, and the blueprint of that. And so it's really a movement of collective minds coming together to clear the abuse that's been done to the the planet the hijacking the siphoning there's many many different missions within grid work you know there's recall missions missions recon missions there are you know missions to extract negative alien 
abuse and machinery out of the earth. There's also missions to heal, activate, upgrade within sacred locations, open portal passageways, anchor in galactic and cosmic energy. It's grid work is the realization that you become a uh, a transmitter or a transmuter of the divine and you're kind of working on that behalf you get downloaded with the missions you're supposed to go on according to your own genetic designs and akashic records and akashic field and so it's it's um we we've kind of organized it in a way now that it's become more structuralized um hosting of on-site location grid work also teaching methodologies of how people can remote facilitate their own grid work sessions and host containers um, according to charting and using maps and tools and all kinds of things where um, it just kind of opens you up to a new world of spiritual practice that I think is a part of what the indigo type one templating is and ultimately indigo three type templating um, is to kind of come into end up doing as they evolve into those ascension capacities, basically. That's amazing. And then the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, I have one of them here. I have I have all of them you sent me, but um, I'll take my notes. I have my notes up. The uh, starseed activators. These are amazing. If you guys haven't seen these, Indy Indy makes these amazing. I can't get it in my camera. Oh, she has them right there. Yeah, and she made me an affiliate. So if you guys click on the link that I'm going to have in this description. You can get them. Um, I love them. What they do, I spray them. They make me in a better mood. Like they, 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 they lighten the mood. Like I can't explain it. Like as good as you. Like, can you talk about what these starseed activators can do and like why they're so important? Because they're they're awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about this too. And I'm so delighted to hear that you really connected with the Syrian one. Um, that's one of my favorites. They're I all, think it's a good one for guys, like because like some of them are more uh, female sense, but the Syrian one, like for all the guys out there, I think the Syrian one guys can connect with, like for, for it's, you know, I think they're all unisex, but the Syrian one really, you know, like you can almost wear it as like a cologne. I know it's not meant to be that; it's supposed to be on your altar, but yeah, I'm just saying you can wear it as a. Right. Well, the, the oil inside them is there's not a lot of like filler oil. So it's just like the pure essence of the oil. So they do last longer. Um, they they are attuned to these star systems. They, they've gone through an attunement process. I actually have them packaged and filled in Black Hawk, Colorado. It's very high to the stars. Um, the, the crystal attunements as well that happen on the galactic level that go into the body. So yeah, you can just spray them and put them on you. I did this. I've been working with the Lyran one. Um, I've been really connected to the Lyrans lately. Just last night, I even just put some on me so I could smell it and just did it like an, a Lyran meditation to kind of call in their energy. Um, but yeah, there's so many ways you can really work with these. I think essential oils in general is it's a way to um, to clear. It's a way to um protect it's a way to move spiritual energy i mean whatever it is um it's just working with a different element you know when we use sage we light it on fire we burn it but you can work with sage oil and put it in a different elemental carrier which is water and air and you're kind of bringing a new fundamental principle into your spirituality by utilizing the senses of smell the sense of smell activates your higher chakras your crown your third eye your throat chakra and your heart 
um, there is deep, deep, deep resonance to the systems that you once existed in because you also had the sense of smell in these other systems, just in different ways, different forms. And so smell is a wonderful way to really activate the remembrance and the warmth inside your heart to something particularly. And so um, I just, that's why I wanted to, to work with essential oils and create something that I felt was imperative for star seeds. The thing is, is star seeds on this earth don't have a lot of attunement tools. You know, even if you tell someone, well, you need to go connect to your Orion origin, people look at you like, well, how do I do that? You know, that's usually the look I get, well, okay, but how? You know, so it's about, I think it's about knowledge. It's about integration of information. It's about meditation. It's about um, utilizing tools. And it's about invoking that within yourself because it's not that it's outside of you somewhere else search, searching for this information. It's already in you. So you're finding something to activate it within you, within that heart resonance frequency. And so I think that's why these are powerful. And yeah, you can use them on your altars. You can use them for grid work as well. Oh my gosh. You know, you go out to a sacred location and you want to activate some Lyran energy at that place. We'll take your activator with you, you know, because you can really call in that galactic energy to the location you want to work with as well. Um, can you could you use them in a diffuser as well if you needed to? Like, or if you wanted to, like, take like, if you like put some water in a diffuser and then pour it out time in a diffuser, could you do that? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, I wouldn't pour like a lot. I would just do like a maybe like four or five drops or something like that. So it's not like super potent because these are very powerful. They are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I like, I like, I tend to like diffusers a lot. I use a lot of essential oils and diffusers. And I was thinking about that. I was going to ask you, I was like, I wonder if I could put this in a diffuser because I love the smell and it would be so, it would probably be so healing to get the, 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 the mist of it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Diffusers are great. They work amazing. I also think there's other things you can do as well. Um, one thing that I like to do sometimes is I'll actually get a candle to the system that I want to work with. And then I'll just put a little bit of oil in my hands and also lather the candle in um, the oil, just kind of bringing more of my magic into what it is. I, my intention is with the candle. So it's, I think, yeah, there's so many, you, there's so much creative ways to really pull this in. You could even put them in your bath water. I mean, some of this uh, essential oils you can even ingest. I wouldn't recommend doing that, but I mean, I've done it with some essential oils. I've ingested peppermint oil, things like that. That really clears your throat chakra. Put a little bit of peppermint oh, yeah. in your throat. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're amazing. Um, well, uh, this has been fascinating. Uh, thank you so much. And can you tell everybody where to find you, where to find your YouTube? And I'll put links in the description, but if, your website and all that. And thank you. Yeah, no problem. So you can find me at indigoangel222.com. Um, I have a shop there for the Starseed Activators. And then I also, current things that I have going is I'm offering the Gridwork Facilitator course as well. So um, where we're teaching everything from the intro of grid work all the way to facilitation levels. And um, so that can be found at learn.indigoangel222.com. You can also sign up for it at my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash indigoangel. And yeah. 
I, I, want, I wanted to ask you real quick before we go, like, um, what, what is the connection to two, two, two? Cause I'll just tell you real quick. Like one thing I had in common with my ex, like we both had a connection to the number 22 and we were like real big into like numerology. So like, um, we looked it up and we like try, I know four, four, four is real significant. And, uh, you know, that can mean your angels are surrounding you. And I know seven, seven, seven is more spiritual, but what is the two, two, two to you? Like, yeah, to me, it's always been a number for me that's kind of followed me around my whole life. Like every time I get a number, it's always like a lot of twos, like my phone number, my address, like it's always kind of with me. Um, and I started seeing it as a higher humanitarian code. I've seen it as a higher humanitarian calling. Um, and so kind of taking me from like truly into my uh, service to others and into my mission work. And so yeah, I just, um, it's a very angelic number as well as all repeating number synchronicities are our angel messages, angelic messages from the divine synchronistic messages. Some of them are portal passageways, but I really feel like the 222 aligns to a bigger ultra spectrum of light. I also noticed that the 222 codes really came in when um, I was getting the downloads of the swan template. I was getting the downloads of the dove templating so it aligns to freedom codes peace codes um true transformation into the new earth body and um so i i follow the 222 because i feel like that's what really you know brings that stuff forward and, and activates me to it that's cool that's real cool well again thank you again for doing this and uh yeah until next time we'll have to do it again okay sounds good thank you so much thank you for having me on and thank you for